0: Sports are great. They develop great characteristic. They, uh, they, gonna, you know, they develop things in us that we're going to bring with us the rest of our lives, but they don't define who we are. And I think that's a real important thing for especially younger people that are coming up to understand. It will go away at some point.
1: Hey, this is Josh Merrill with Eternity Sports, and this is the Playing for Eternity podcast. Today, we start a new segment where we're talking with interviewing sports leaders, sports directors, sports pastors. And today, we kick it off with New York native, now living in Colorado, doing ministry at Red Rocks Church, Red Rocks Sports Ministry, Travis Carey. Travis, welcome to the show. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course. Uh I'm excited to kind of launch this new uh podcast and platform to talk with people that are in the trenches of of doing sports ministry and I know you have a really cool story uh and what you guys are doing at uh it's Red Rocks Church, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys yep. are Red Rock Sports. Yep. So tell us a little about how you ended up in in Colorado being a New York guy. Well, you know,
0: Kind of by accident. Um, I came to Colorado in 2008, and uh, everybody, everybody told me once I get out there, I'll never come back. Uh, it's beautiful out here. So I actually came to Colorado to play soccer in 2008. Um, that was kind of what my life was about. And so I came out here to play arena soccer in Denver. Uh, a couple weeks after I got here, my knee blew out, and um, my soccer season was done. Uh, I was in just a, a really rough place, which is a huge part of my testimony. That's what—that's how God kind of kind of gets our attention sometimes, right? And um, with my knee blown out, with uh, you know the economy crashed in 2008, and uh, I didn't have any family or friends out here, uh, I started going to church at Red Rocks, and that's really where God got a hold of me. Um, you know, I've always known. God, uh, in when I was in fifth grade, I accepted Him as my Lord, but definitely strayed through college and sports does that to so many athletes. And um, and so going through the knee surgery and just getting totally away from everything I knew uh, is kind of what started me really getting interested in sports ministry. Um, Shortly after that, I uh, started volunteering at Red Rocks, and then,
1: long story short, it became what I do now. Uh, Yeah, we started about 10 years ago wow that's awesome so how long have you been at the church and how long you've you've been actually working uh in your position as the what's your what's your official title there
0: yeah so my official title is sports ministry lead um I started going to the church in 2009 and uh you know I was in a place in 2009 where I had I had nothing and so The only thing I had was time, and so I I started to really volunteer and give of my time to the church, and uh, God just divinely set that up because what church has a sports ministry? I mean, so few do, and so this is where I found myself, and it fit perfectly with uh, who I was and, and what I had grown up doing, and so in 2009, I started going to the church and volunteering. In 2011, I started on staff at Red Rocks Church, and then in 2004. Fourteen, I think
1: it was, uh, is when I took over as the sports ministry lead. That's really cool. So um, tell us a little about your your playing days. I mean, obviously, we're talking professional arena soccer. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, man, I was tiny when I was a
0: senior in high school. So I really wanted to go to a big college. And um, that just didn't work out. I went to a smaller school in, in upstate New York. And, um, you know, I started getting towards the end of my school. I was a senior, and I was like, man, I don't want to stop playing. You know, uh, your last game is kind of devastating sometimes. And so um, I decided to, to, you know, do everything I could after I was a senior to try to make it. Um, I played in the USL with uh, Albany. Um, I went down and played in North Carolina for a little while and then uh, ended up in in Boston, um, just a little south with Cape Cod. Um, I was outdoor. And then after that ended, I decided to come out to Colorado real quick to just play one season. I was going to be here for about four months with the Denver Dynamite. Uh, I was an arena soccer team in the um, PASL, it's Professional Arena Soccer League, and that's where my knee blew out. So, and I actually came back after my first surgery and just a month or so after coming back, it blew out again and I had to have another surgery. So, um, kind of got sidelined for a few years. You still get to play? I do, uh, for fun. I, I tell you what, and I think a lot of, uh, athletes can relate to this when you play at a high level and you're competitive. And to be honest with you, it's a huge part of your identity growing up. And then you transition into it being something that's fun and you're getting to connect with people. And it's not just about winning and losing. It's, it's a little bit difficult. So back 2010, 2011, when I started being able to play again, I struggled a lot with that. Um, but now I love playing now. It's, I just have a ball playing with people and um, we just have a good time. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Man, I, I can relate a lot to that as far as the competitive nature and your identity being wrapped up and all that type of stuff. But I really, when I look back, you know, my my playing career and then being in a sports ministry, there's so much, and maybe you can speak on this, there's so much uh, understanding of what those young people are going through that I really feel like it's a way that we can connect with them. And we'll talk about, too, uh, with the way you guys do adult sports is is amazing. Um, but I really feel like God had prepared, like used all that. I mean, I'm I'm guessing in your case, you I would say the injury too, using that uh that in your life to really come to that that side of ministry and understanding how powerful sports ministry can be.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's something that we don't really think about. You know, when you're playing sports, you're focused on the next game, the next practice. Um you're you're focused every day on getting better. And you, you just, it's a, it's a silent, like the enemy works so silently in it, right? Before you know it, your identity is completely wrapped up in it. Um, and that's exactly what happened to me when I actually got to the point where, you know, my knee blew out and I just found myself in this really uh, just difficult place. My whole identity was in sports. And then when that was taken away, I was, I, I had nothing. Um, okay. And so, yeah, I, I kind of, to play off of what you were talking about, when I look at the younger generation, um, you know, as a, as a parent, my son's only three, but um, he's just getting started with sports. And that, that's one of the huge focus, a huge focus with me is, hey, sports are great. They develop great characteristics. They, uh, they are going to, you know, they develop things in us that we're going to bring with us the rest of our lives, but they don't define who we are. And I think that's a real important thing for especially younger
1: people that are coming up to understand it will go away at some point. For sure. For sure. And when you're young, you kind of think none of that is, is really an issue for me, you know, but it's, it's, it is a reality. And I think that's, what's great about sports ministry is there's another focus, you know, it's the same thing. God wants us to focus, you know, are we in church each week? Are we, are we? are we giving of our time to him? Are we serving? Are we tithing? I mean, all those things that that come into play. So that's huge. Um, okay. I'm going to throw a name out there to you because I grew up on the San Diego Soccers. Was that a team still around when you were playing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They were, I, I started playing in 2008 arena soccer. Well, with, with a pro arena league, which is the, I think it's the first or second year that the MISL, Mm. went away um, so San Diego actually transitioned over to the PASL and
1: they were they were in our league yeah okay I grew up and I, grew think up, they're I still remember playing now yeah I, I think so I can remember going to games as a kid I grew up playing soccer until I got too big and too slow um, but I remember there's a guy named Julie V I don't know if you ever heard of that name he was like the star of the team back then I mean we're talking this is in the 80s so this is okay back away You know, believe it or not, I grew up, soccer and baseball were my main sports, and, you know, I I just kept getting slower, so I started forward, midfield, defense, eventually I was playing club soccer as a goalie, and this is probably, you know, I'm 6'9", so I'm still a head taller, I'm playing a couple years up, but I'm still taller than everybody, you know, being tall is probably great for goalie, but one day it dawned on me, like, I'm running six miles a day to play goalie and never leave this little box like I'm gonna go do something (laughs) that I enjoy more it's a good call I started I kind of started playing basketball and and football then but yeah I still uh still love soccer I play in our uh adult we have a futsal league here uh at the church I love playing in um still too tall and too slow but uh so tell me because uh, I think what, what you guys do at Red Rocks uh, Sports is pretty cool. And it's funny. I've been following you for a while just on Instagram and watching what you guys do. And we've had a couple conversations. But you guys are unique in the fact that you guys only do adult sports. And in the trend of sports ministry world, most people are cutting adult sports because they find, you know, really a way to, to get to the kids. Parents are more apt. I mean, I, I know it's... It's easier for us at Shepherd Sports to get kids into the door than sometimes it is adults. So share kind of the the reasoning, kind of why you guys focus on that, how your church, how you guys implement that to your church. I think that's really fascinating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, to start with, our Kids Rock ministry at Red Rocks is unbelievable. Um, and so just to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, um, really investing in kids and that. oftentimes is the gateway to bring kids into the church. Our, our sports, uh, sorry, our kids rock ministry is amazing. Um, You know, and we'll go into this maybe in in more detail in a second. Um, Just kind of like how we do it, like what our process is, but really, I, I guess it just depends on what the mission is of the sports ministry. Our mission as a sports ministry is to use sports, to connect with people, to help them build their community. But it, it's also, and this is, this is a huge part of it, and I, I can speak personally for how this part affected me, but, you know, there's a lot of people out there their entire life, they grew up playing sports. They play sports through high school. They connect maybe with their mother or father because that's a, a common interest they have. They go to college and then they're just done. And so um, we really, we really seek to be able to appeal to that adult, that like we said before, might have had an, you know their identity wrapped up in sports, or maybe that's how they've always connected with people growing up that 's how I always connected with people growing up and um, you know you get to be twenty five years old and all of a sudden you know there's a lot of sports leagues um, but they might not be the kind of community that's going to lead you to christ and so we just saw a huge opportunity to, to be able to connect with people people and to use a huge part of um, bring a, a sport to be able to bring them into a community that can ultimately point them to christ uh, yeah and you know kind of on the second part of that the we also have a ton of people that are already part of Red Rocks Church or another church, and what they 're looking for is people like minded similar interests that they can do life with i mean that 's what Christ calls us to right we're we 're not called to go to church for one hour a week and then the rest of the entire week live out in the world, surrounded by um, groups that are not leading us to Christ, like we're, we're called to do life in community. And so that's a huge part of what we're trying to, to accomplish is give people, adults, an opportunity to, to do life in a community that's going to point them to Christ. So
1: yeah, that's, that's really cool. I always, uh, I always share this with people, because our focus has always been outreach, and the community. And that's always been uh, our main focus, but after several years of being in the ministry, one of the coolest things that I really enjoy and is and are passionate about is letting people from the church find a place to serve. And really, it's the 18 to 25, 30 year old that they've been going to church, but they're kind of finding their own identity now in who they're supposed to be in God. And I always say this: like we need people to serve communion and do the parking lot ministry but those young people are not ready to step out and do that. It's foreign to them. You know, they're usually dealing with a lot of older people. So when they get a chance to come in and whether it's scorekeeping or refing or coaching a kid's thing, or just captaining an adult basketball, they get to be in the gym. It's a natural thing. And then we use that as a way to kind of uh, disciple. They're around good guys. They're around. They're 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 meeting with us. They're they're learning how to pray in public. I mean, there's so many little things as, the, as they do that. And sports is just that non-threatening tool that I think is so powerful for uh, for ministry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, just so many people that come in, and, and I'm a huge advocate of this. First um, Peter four ten talks about it. That uh, I I believe like you know we all have different gifts right so if you're going to come into the church and you're looking for god to use you and, and you're sitting there open-handed palms up god use me however you see fit then it's it's one thing just to serve it's another thing to serve in the way that god prepared you to serve right we're all different parts of the body and so kind of exactly what you were talking about Josh when i came in in 2009 and i saw that there was a sports ministry and i encouraged people on this all the time like it's you know serve at the church don't get me wrong serve serve at the church but serve in a capacity that God's calling you to serve in you know serve with the gifts that God's given you and and that's a huge part of why I do what I do and our team does what our team does because we have spent our whole life playing sports we've spent our whole life connecting with people in a sport so now why would we go and maybe do something that we aren't as gifted in or that god hasn't prepared us as much for like th- this is what i've done my whole life this is what a lot of like our captains our leaders our volunteers have done their whole life so again i just encourage people hey volunteer at the church we're called to serve but be prayerfully seeking out what god has prepared you to serve in and and pursue that
1: yeah it's funny the with the coronavirus going on right now The, uh, you know, I miss obviously playing basketball and being in our leagues and things like that, but, um, I've gotten to riding bikes lately. And so the one thing that I've actually still been able to do is ride bikes. We can stay six feet apart. And, uh, usually I look forward to the bike rides for exercise. I need to get out. I need to do something. And it's recently dawned on me. Like I'm looking forward to those rides with just a couple of my buddies and it's the social connecting part. And so it's almost been a shift, like, yeah, the exercise is great, but because of the quarantine and everything, we're end up we're kind of stuck, you know, um, so I'm looking forward more to those to those kind of uh just the social part of that and connecting connecting with people. I think it's so important, even for an introvert, you know, um it is that way through you sports so often to connect, and I think ministries need to realize that, especially with the adults. Uh, that is a powerful part. And creating the environment that we're uh, that we have control over, you know, the atmosphere in the gym or the the field, wherever that is, is so important for us as as ministry leaders. So tell me, uh, in the middle of this kind of pandemic, because I know you guys done a couple of cool things. How are you guys handling uh, your participants, your leaders, your captains? What are you guys doing?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll start by saying that it forces yet. You- out of the norm right so you have to figure out different ways uh to connect and we you know it was a struggle the first week but we're actually really excited because there's some areas that we needed to um just get better at and develop more Um, so some of the things that we're doing we uh we do weekly game nights um just a little bit for the competitive nature and people we zoom in we'll do you know we've been doing like risk or mario kart different things like that where people can just come together Uh, be in community. Uh, I've met new people. Our team has met new people um, during this. So we're still able to connect with people. And um, so that's the first thing. Second thing, you know, a huge part of, I think, uh, difficulty when we're isolated or when we're stuck at home is making sure that we're physically staying active. Um, So we're doing daily workouts uh, every day at three o'clock. And we've had a ton of positive feedback on that. You know, it's really easy to just kind of almost get depressed or in a funk if you're just sit at sitting at home. And so we've been really encouraging people to uh, join us at three o'clock for our daily workouts. We've been doing uh, daily devotionals at one o'clock every day. Uh, they're live, and we just encourage people to log in and interact with us, and then. Our team, our sports ministry team uh, takes several leaders every day and we call them, we reach out, we pray with them and we just talk to them about life. You know, uh, we just did a devotional the other day about how isolation really brings to the surface maybe things that we didn't know we were struggling with. And so right now is a great opportunity for us to connect with people that um, because of the coronavirus and how it's isolated them into a place, they might be struggling with something that they didn't even know that they struggled with. And so a huge part of us has just been, um, continuing to build on our relationships with all of our captains and
1: volunteers. Yeah, that's really cool. So you, you didn't mention the, uh, the stash contest. You got to explain that. That's (laughs) been, that's been really cool. Yeah,
0: that was interesting. We were not sure what the, uh, reception would be for that. Um, you know, March Madness is a huge thing for an athlete, for somebody in the sports world. And we missed out on that this year. So we decided that we would uh, give the guys all something to compete over and uh, grow the best mustache they could. Um, so for the last week and a half, we've had this 40-man uh, f- uh, 40, 40 bracket, I guess you could call it. <laughs> and uh, yesterday we just wrapped it up. It was a, a close race. Um, but uh it came down to, to two great mustaches and we let the people vote on all of the the head-to-head competition um and uh Nick won it with a great mustache yesterday um he had a good run right to the finals it was close but he took it home
1: how was the uh response on are you gonna do it on Instagram right yeah a lot of people voting
0: yeah it was awesome we had um Yes, yesterday was, you know, we throughout the year, we'll do, you know, different sports leagues, we'll do like polls or voting or different things. And yesterday we had the largest participation, um, like user participation of any poll or any voting we've ever done. So uh, Mustache Madness was a huge success. We'll bring it back next year.
1: Did you enter into it?
0: Yeah, I did. Um, Surrounded with controversy. (laughs) <laughs> um, I had a mustache in 2013 and I entered that one. Um, we didn't clarify in the rules whether it had to be a current mustache or not. So mine was an older one. I think that I got docked on that, but actually our worship leader, Jimmy at Red Rocks Church, he, he beat me pretty easily in the first round. So
1: nice. I'll have, we'll have to get a we'll picture get
0: you next year.
1: Yeah. I, I got an old one. I uh, I grew I grew one out. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, I was in the movie Semi Pro, with oh. uh, with Will Ferrell, the basketball on the extra on the team. So if you look really close and you look past my mustache, you can uh, you you can see me in there. But it was fun to uh, grew we grew that out. You know, um, first time I ever grew it out, but I had a reason to do it. But what happened is then we were our little team was wrapped. And so we were done. And then they called us and said, hey, we need you guys all to come back. So I shaved my mustache off. My wife hated it. And uh, then they have to glue one on. And absolute worst, you know, you have it on all day. You just want to scratch that things off your face. Uh, So I was glad I grew a real one. If you had to do that every day, I don't, you know, a lot of times they're, they're doing that, but that's a fun story. I, I could bring that one back. I don't know if my wife would let me enter that contest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think if you could get a picture of that, that that would okay. be, I think that could out of, out of state. Is there any, any rules against the out of state guy coming in? No, we welcome anybody and everybody. Nice. Nice. That's cool. Um, so let's talk a little about the processes, uh, that you guys, that you guys go through as far as, um, with with Red Rock Sports, because one really cool thing that you that you got to speak on um, is how you guys don't have a facility, and I think it's really cool. And I know we I, we've talked a little about that, the challenges of that, but also the positive side of of having to connect with the community. So I love for you, I love to kind of hear about how you guys do that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, definitely a challenge. You know but I think it's actually been a positive for us. Um, You know the first first thing that we've seen is that we're looking to reach new people all the time and expand um, you know go different areas and meet new people so one of the advantages of not having a facility is that it gives us the opportunity to go to different places to expand. Um, So for excuse me for example We have golf leagues that take place uh, from where I am right now, 20 miles north of me. But then we have golf leagues that take place 25 miles south of me. Um, And so not having a facility, and that's just golf, um, but like our basketball league takes place in different places. Our soccer leagues take place in different places. It helps us to reach uh, new people. You know, somebody, when we have, and it's awesome to see the response from people We just started an indoor soccer league that got canceled because of all of this. But for the first time ever, we were doing it down in Littleton, Colorado. And we had so many people email us saying, I've been waiting for this. I live in Highlands Ranch, which is even further south. And I just haven't been able to ever play before because it's just too far north. And so not having facilities has been really cool because we're able to to reach people. Now, some difficult parts of that, obviously they're budget-wise, You know, we have to rent everything. Um, We have to go physically to different places. So it can be difficult um, just on our sports ministry team, our volunteers, our captains, any of our leaders, because sometimes they're going all over the place. Um, So that's been hard. But um, and I know you and I talked about this before. One of the really cool ministry pieces of this has been our interaction with, um, you know, the cities who might run the rec centers that we rent? um independent companies that might run it we've done you know it's been 2006 is when we started the sports ministry um so for almost 15 years now we've been building relationships and uh some of those different people at the facilities or the the um, uh, city maybe city employees that work at the rec centers actually end up coming to red rocks church uh, from meeting getting to know us and working with us for years it ultimately leads into great
1: relationships and great opportunities yeah that's so important i think we think all oh, the person in the league is what we need to you know work on which yes you're, you're gearing a lot of that but there's so many kind of fringe people that we can affect uh around us all the time whether like i know we bring in outside referees and uh we always encourage them to come and hey pray with us and course we asked them to enforce the no swearing rule but I know you know they're they're outside the gym swearing but you still you're having an impact on on all these kind of French people that end up around your ministry and I think when you're outside like that um almost outside your comfort zone of having your own facility you you really are are able to to touch touch a ton of people that that's really cool yeah well and yeah, let me add to that, Josh, because, yeah. um, I mean,
0: like, that's something just, you know, as followers of Christ, I mean, we have opportunities all over the place like that, right? I mean, you know, when somebody's sick and they go to the hospital, they have the opportunity to um, to impact the nurses or the doctors or anybody that they're, I mean, anywhere we go, and that's one of the big things we talk about just with our, um, the athletes that are part of Red Rocks church or our Christ followers that like your actions go so far beyond just the, the playing field, you know, like the way that we treat people anywhere we go is it's a huge opportunity. And we don't, we don't know how, you know, God's working. Uh, we don't know his ways. Um, and so, you know, one of the big things for us is, you know, it, We might have an expectation. We've learned not to have expectations to a certain degree. We might have an expectation. Hey, this sports league is going to have this many people. It's going to take place at this location. It's going to go this way. And it doesn't. And over the years, one of the biggest things that we've learned is work with what God gives you, right? Like that's like wherever he's put you, make the best of it. Embrace the place that you're in. And so that's been a huge part of um just kind of the way that we ap- we approach things, our perspective on it
1: yeah that's that's really cool, um, and trying to impart that to all those people that are around us, obviously your team, the volunteers, yeah, trying to trying to really breed that that culture and and what we're doing with sports ministry. Um, I know for me when I first got here and, and started the program at at Shepherd, it was kind of like even the staff was like, "Hey, what are you doing over in the gym all day?" and they would come in and see a basketball game going on and you know the kids i think it's easier for people to understand youth sports because you get to talk at kids right Mm -hmm. where adults you have to make a connection with them and so the hour of us playing basketball is not the ministry in fact it's usually the opposite because the guy who thinks a christian is out there blowing his top you know (laughs) sway it can almost do the opposite effect but it's before, after, during the week, and um, so again, that intentionality is so important in developing that culture. You, you you do with you do with the leaders. That's a that's a huge a huge key, I think, for for anyone working in, in ministry to to differentiate those two things with with the adults and the kids. And it's like, hey, we have kids in here. We're giving them a Devo. You know, the kid's picking his nose and turn the other way. So again, they're not knocking on you sports. I mean, we I know we do that too, but there's there's a different way that you got to go about trying to connect with with those people so that's really good so tell me um what's the team look like for you how are you guys set up
0: uh as far as our staff
1: goes yeah yeah
0: yeah so we have um we have me uh three others and then our intern um our team's awesome they uh, all grew up playing sports um being involved in that type of community is a personal passion for them and, like we were talking about earlier, you know when you grow up playing sports and and connecting with people that way um, and and when you put Christ first, you start to see how he aligns that into your life and so our team just uh just loves being able to connect with people through sports um, we you know a huge part of what we do is we also do outreach too, so I don't know if you and I have talked a lot about this, but uh, each quarter we have. A volunteer opportunity. And the goal of it is to give people who are playing sports an opportunity to not just come build their community, play sports, meet new people, but actually take their faith and put it into action. And so um, my team does a great job of actually leading our outreach events. Um, we'll serve the homeless uh, communities in downtown Denver or host backpack drives for um, uh, at risk youth. Um, we have a, a number of different outreach events. So each one of our team members, so there's five of us total, uh, takes different sports leagues and different outreach events. And we, um, we lead those and the way that we approach it really is whatever league or whatever outreach event that you're hosting, that's your church, right? That you're pastoring that church. So for example, Chelsea is one of the, the, um, team members, uh, on our sports ministry team, she does soccer. We have about 120 people in our soccer league. So for those, you know, nine or 10 weeks uh, during the soccer league, that's her church. She's pastoring those people. Uh, in particular, she's she's pastoring the captains of each team um, and discipling them and teaching them how to invest in the players on their team.
1: Yeah, so. that's, really, that's really cool. So would she also do another league or is she like, she's strictly soccer?
0: Yeah, so we have a structure basically by season. So each season we do different sports leagues. We typically at any given time are running two to three different leagues or outreach events. Um, we also do things like we go to Costa Rica. We do um, an annual missions trip where we put on sports camps uh, in Sardinal, Costa Rica. And so like, for example, CM, another one of our team members, If she's preparing to lead the team to Costa Rica, she might only do one league, but she's also spending a lot of her time getting ready for Costa Rica. So at any given time, it's about
1: two to three events. Okay, but they'll alternate. They might do soccer one season and then do basketball another season, or they kind of stay in that sport? Yeah, good question. So we, we do alternate a little bit depending on
0: our workload. But for the most part, you know, We've got people that have played for the last twelve years in our in our soccer league. Uh, we do our soccer league twice a year. They've played twice a year for the last twelve years, and so we like to keep the same leaders involved because they they really do develop strong connections with um, some of our captains or, or league participants.
1: Yeah, I think that's good. I I've changed structure a little bit at at Shepherd, trying to help. Um, I think some of the crossover is great in connecting with different leaders, but you also have the same point of like, Hey, I'm, I've been out there. I know who these basketball or soccer guys are. And really, cause we, you lean heavy, uh, on the volunteers and, and those people. So I think that's, that's an interesting thing that I know churches do differently. And sometimes it would be easier for me to say, Hey, you're the basketball guy, you go do basketball and not worry about, but then they, there's, you lose it. You get a little siloed in your own ministry. And so I try to balance that. It sounds like you guys, you guys kind of do the same thing. I love the, uh, the adult mission and really outreach facet. That's really cool. Giving people a chance to, to, to step out of their comfort zone a little bit with people they know and a connection. Uh, we've done some stuff with our youth programs, but never with the, uh, really like that with the adult and being in, intentional. I really, I really like that. That's, that's really cool. So yeah, so tell us, uh, before we wrap up here, kind of what's the, the process for, Hey, here's a new person, how you try to connect where that ministry is being done. What's the, what's the goal and how you guys kind of go, go about that?
0: Yeah, this is, this is a tough one, right? This is the golden question for, for, uh, for every church or for anybody that's trying to disciple or invest in somebody. Uh, and it's been an evolving process for us. The one thing I will say, um, that, you know, we've learned from, we've learned from our mistakes on this is, you know, and I think this is common for a, a lot of churches or a lot of people that are out there really seeking to invest in others. We are not called to be everything to everybody all the time. Right. And that's, that is so important. Um, burnout is a huge part of ministry. Um, this idea that we have to be available a hundred percent of the time, all the time is, um, it, it's, it's a formula for burnout. So a, a huge part of our ministry is to invest in the people that we can in a healthy way invest in. So each one of our team members for their, for their league or for the, for the mission strip or for an outreach event. We have either captains or lead volunteers, those, that, that's our mission field. Um, you know, Francis Chan wrote a book, Multiply. It's, it talks about this, it's a, uh, an awesome book about what does it mean to create disciples? And so a huge part of us is to, like for Chelsea, for example, her job is not to focus on 120 people that are in the league. Her job is to focus on the 12 captains that she has and invest in them. And, uh, disciple them and encourage them uh, and support them in uh, investing in their team. And so some of the things we do, um, we give out, uh, you know, gift, gift cards to our captains or we'll buy appetizers for our captains um, to be able to take their teams out to different restaurants or take, um, you know, one or two players out to grab coffee and, and just invest in them and talk with them. And that, that's been a huge part because we've gone through seasons uh, where, you know, it's been a burnout season where we're trying to do everything and just learn that, um, you know, we might be able to, to keep our head above water for six months, but it's not going to be, there's not going to be any kind of longevity in doing it that way. So that, that's been a huge part of ours is, is to really encourage and equip our, our captains and our leaders to invest in their, their groups or
1: teams. Yeah, that's great. So so important. Um I think again just being intentional with your staff, here's our mission, here's our goal, here's what we're going towards. That is uh that's really good. You find you get good support from uh from your from your church leadership. You guys have uh you you guys are are well connected there. How how what's that look like? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Our leaders are awesome. And, uh, you know, I think one of the, the things that's critical for us to do our job the best that we can is um, to, to have a lot of freedom to be able to, to do different things. You know, working, one of the biggest struggles, especially if, you know, you're married, you have kids or, you know, just life, life stuff. I'm sure you can relate to this. Most of our job doesn't take place at eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, most of our job takes place in the evenings, afternoons, after school, uh, maybe on the weekends. And so, um, no, our leaders have been really great in understanding that, um, you know, we might not be in the office at 8.30 in the morning or nine o'clock, uh, but it's because we were out until 10 or 11 o'clock the night before.
1: Yeah. And
0: um, so they, they've been really great at just giving the, the freedom to um, be
1: able to invest in people at, at the times that we're able to invest in them. So important. So important to have that that support from from the church. Okay. I'm going to ask you, you got to brag a little bit now. Uh let's let's brag a little. Just give a give a few of the numbers, the sports that you run for people that are interested, some numbers uh just on, on kind of what you guys are doing. Uh pre-COVID, because <laughs> I know you're not doing anything. Yeah. Right.
0: Man. Yeah, uh some numbers. Um, well, last year I think we ran 27 uh adult sports leagues. Um and like I said, we do that per quarter. Uh, we do each, we split them up into each quarter. So that was throughout the whole year it was about 27. Um, we had a, a, about 5,000 participants last year. Um, about 33% of the people that play in our sports ministry don't go to our church, and about 15 to 20% of the people that participate don't go to church at all. Um, that's a number that we really focused on. We don't yeah, we're asked this question all the time, like, you know, well, I don't go to Red Rocks Church or, you know, I don't believe in God or, you know, uh, am I allowed to play in your leagues? And so that number, uh, as far as, you know, bragging on the sports ministry goes, that, that's a huge number for us, man, because that means that we're reaching people that don't go to church on a Sunday. And so, um, yeah, like 15 to 20 percent each year. Um, how, don't even go how to
1: do you, How do you go about um, tracking that number?
0: Yeah. Uh, during the registration process, we ask people, um, do you go to Red Rock Church? If so, what campus? Do you, We have several campuses. What campus do you go to? What service do you go to? There's a quick side note on that. When we build teams, um, I'm probably going down a rabbit trail here. I'll try to make this quick. So you can't join our sports ministry as a team. So if you play soccer, you don't get 10 of your friends and come and join our soccer league. You join individually. And you can request to be with one or two other people, but that's it. And so what we found is when there's more people in groups that build their own teams, it doesn't become about building community and meeting new people. It becomes about me and my team beating you and your team. So our ministry is about people signing up as free agents, we call them, and then we build teams and bring people together. So to answer your question, when people register, they tell us whether they go to church or not if they go to Red Rock Church or not, and then if they go to Red Rocks Church what campus and what service they go to and when we build teams, we try to build teams as best as possible with people that have you know they either go to the same campus the same service um, we might pair somebody that doesn't go to church with you know a leader that we know has been part of our church for a long time that it uh, that just does a great job discipling and investing in teams
1: um so yeah i don't know if i answered your question there no that that's good i think because because people that are running ministry they need to kind of understand there's you know there can be different ways to do things and how and the why you do things i think are, are so important i know you you sometimes you feel like it's a rabbit hole like this is what we do this is what we've kind of always done but to, to actually articulate i think it's good for people to hear uh for sure so uh what sports do you run what adult sports do you do?
0: Oh man. Um,
1: I'm going to miss some,
0: but I'll list off a lot of the major ones. Uh, so we do flag football. Uh, we do soccer. We do men's basketball. We do women's basketball. We do uh, softball, tennis, golf. Um, volleyball is probably our biggest sport of the year. Um, gosh, what else am I missing? We're just starting a... Um, actually ice hockey, which I know nothing about. Um, but we have some great leaders that are uh, hockey players. Um, I know I'm missing a ton of them right now. But it, it's about uh, not 27 unique sports. It's 27 yeah.
1: totals, total sports leagues. So it's well, about... Tell um, everybody where they can uh, find your website and, uh, and also your uh, your social media handles. Yeah, so redrocksports.com is our website. Uh, all information is there, including
0: our mission and the leagues that we offer events, everything. And then uh, on Instagram, Red Rock Sports is our, uh, our username, our handle, I guess. Awesome. You guys only use an Instagram? Uh, Facebook, too. Uh, Instagram is kind of um, probably our primary social media, but uh, you can jump on Red Rock Sports Ministry uh
1: Red Rocks Church Sports Ministry on Facebook and you can find us there. Man that's really cool. I appreciate you being on today. It was so good to uh to learn about you and uh and your ministry. I know uh there are some powerful nuggets uh that you shared today with with everybody. So thanks for thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thank you, Josh. And good
0: luck with everything during all this uh isolation and everything going on.
1: Yeah, well, we'll have to talk soon and see how we uh how we all come out of this quarantine. Yeah, man. All right. God bless. All right. You too.